I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 31. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. Set your mind and heart on things above. Today's thought from above is this. Jesus is praying for you. Recently, I led a prayer workshop for my church, Chapel Hill United Methodist Church here in Wichita. The senior pastor, Jeff Gannon, asked me to say a word about the workshop during a Sunday service. What he meant was for me to do a mini commercial in order to help people become interested in doing this workshop on prayer with me. I had not actually prepared a sales pitch for the class, but as I was walking to the pulpit to make the announcement, it suddenly came to me. I simply said, how many of you are satisfied with your prayer life? Then I paused. I sensed I'd hit a nerve. After all, how many people are satisfied with their prayer life? When it comes to prayer, most of us feel a little uncertain about how to pray and what to pray for. Questions like, is God listening? Does prayer make a difference? Etc. I've been praying ever since I became a Christian over 30 years ago. I've read books on prayer and I've tried all kinds of prayer methods. I've used the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, standing for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. I use lots of different methods of prayer, like praying the scripture, breath prayer, centering prayer, and liturgical or pre-written prayers, just to name a few. And for years, I've kept a prayer journal in which I write out my prayers of supplication or intercession, which means praying for others, and petition, which means praying for oneself. And still, I don't feel like I'm great at praying, whatever that might mean. So if you're like me, then today's thought from above might be encouraging to you, as it is for me. And that thought is this, Jesus is praying for you. In fact, Jesus is also praying with you, and Jesus is taking your prayers, strong or weak as they may be, and praying them for you. Now, you may be saying, where is that in the Bible, Jim, the idea that Jesus is praying for us? Well, there are a few passages. The first one comes from Hebrews 7:25, where it reads, Consequently, he's able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And the he there is Jesus. This idea of Jesus praying for us is also found in Romans 8, verse 34. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Finally, it's also mentioned in 1 John 2, 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So to summarize, according to these three passages, Jesus intercedes for us and is an advocate for us. I remember when I first came across this idea, it was mind-blowing, but also hard to understand what it means. I want to go back to Hebrews 7, the first passage I read. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, and undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, He has no need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then those of the people. This he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests 
those who are subject to weakness. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who's been made perfect forever. Now, the main point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and the true tent that the Lord and not any mortal has set up. Now, the high priest in Jesus' day offered sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. Now, the high priest, being a human, could never make a perfect sacrifice, which is why the priest had to do it day after day after day. And that priest, being human, could not even see God face to face. So what's happening in this passage is we're learning that Jesus has taken over the role of the high priest. But because Jesus is perfect and sinless and divine, his one sacrifice was sufficient for all sins and for all time. And in addition, Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father, which is a position of power, not in an earthly tent made by humans, but in true, the true sanctuary of the Lord in the heavens. So, Jesus has dealt with our sin problem once and for all, which I refer to as the finality of the cross in a previous episode. Jesus does not need to die again, and we do not have to confess our sins in order to be forgiven. In Christ, we are forgiven. And Jesus is now our advocate. Jesus is now with the Father, praying for us. Now, I need to pause here and be sure that we understand what this means and what it doesn't. It doesn't mean that Jesus is on his knees begging his Father to be good to us. Remember, the Trinity is never divided. Rather, Jesus is taking our feeble prayers and sanctifying them. Listen to the words of John Calvin. So, when we come to pray and say, Our Father who art in heaven, we must recognize that, as far as we are concerned, our lips are unclean, and we're not even worthy to call him God or our Creator, let alone being so presumptuous as to regard ourselves as his children. But in spite of this, our Lord Jesus Christ is our spokesman, and our prayers and intercessions are sanctified by him. Just as it says in the last chapter of the Hebrews, that it is through him that we render to God the sacrifices of praise and all our prayers, and that he's our mediator, and today we call upon God our Father in his name. Calvin is pointing out that our prayers, well, they come from unclean lips. We're imperfect and broken, and so are our best prayers. But Jesus, Calvin says, is our spokesman, and he sanctifies our prayers. Do you see the implications of this heavenly truth? The pressure is off. We don't have to be mighty prayer warriors. Even the best of our prayers are feeble, but that's okay. I find this to be a great relief and a great encouragement. I have an analogy to help understand this. When I was in high school, I was a sprinter. I ran the 100 and 200 meter dash. Well, it was in yards back in the day, not meters. But my point is that I was fast, but only for a short distance. At one meet, one of our runners was sick and unable to run his part of a relay. He was to run the 400 meter leg. The coach called on me to take his place. I pled my case telling the coach, I'd be terrible at the 400. He said, it doesn't matter, Smith. Jeff Pixler's running the final 800-meter leg, and he's the best in the state. Just try not to be terrible. Okay, set the bar low. So I had to run the third leg, the 400-meter leg. And when I got the baton, we actually had a little bit of a lead. And I took off like a bullet, and I extended our lead. 
for the first 200 meters. <laughs> Soon my legs turned to rubber, and I heard the clacking of cleats coming up upon me. Sure enough, they all passed me by the time I gave the baton to Jeff, which meant we were in last place. But just as the coach had predicted, Jeff caught up and eventually passed the other runners. I share that story because it reminds me of my prayers in Jesus. Jeff made our team go from last to first. Being in last was actually my contribution. But Jesus takes our prayers and he sanctifies them, offering them to the Father perfectly on our behalf. Isn't that a glorious thought? It warms my heart. P.T. Forsyth said, It is the Christ at prayer who lives in us, and we are conduits of the eternal intercession. Pastor and writer John Stark has this to say about this. The biblical evidence gives us some hints as to what Christ's intercession for us looks like. First, he advocates for believing saints, that even though they still sin, they have the perfect righteousness of Christ. Second, he prays that though they may be faced with many temptations, none would shipwreck their faith. Stark concludes, We have every reason to believe these prayers are real. Every prayer of Jesus is answered and paid for with blood. There is no greater Christian assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, wrote Fanny Crosby. And I can add to that saying, Blessed assurance, Jesus is praying for us. I hope you'll join me next week for episode 32. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope is that one day, if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be things above. <laughs>